This podcast allows others to tell their spiritual stories and journeys and gives them the safe space to do so. Some things said within may not always align with the views of our podcast. Here at Coven of Rejects, we believe in allowing anyone to tell their story regardless of our own personal beliefs. While we do encourage you to follow our guests on social media to better understand their journey, we do ask that you use your own intuition to discern what energy may or may not align with you. What's up, weirdos, rejects, and free spirits? Welcome back to another episode of Coven of Rejects. I'm your host, Gemini. As always, sit back, clutch your crystals, and let's get into some crazy spiritual shit. A few announcements before we get into today's episode. I want to say thank you to Kim Dunn over at the Other Side Spirit Shop because I have partnered with her and she has been sending every guest of the podcast a customized witchy box. Depending on what things they're working on, what energy they had when they came into the podcast and what kinds of things could be helpful in their practice or their spirituality, Kim is handcrafting boxes for them with goodies from her shop. This was a longtime goal and Kim made it come to life. Please go to theothersidespiritshop.com. It is linked in the description wherever you are listening to this podcast. And just go look at what she has. And please also give her a follow, KND Vibes on Instagram and TikTok. And I have linked those in the description below as well. And then we have a new sponsor, you guys, Lost Trail Coffee. Um, I've actually been incorporating their coffee into my practice and um, using spell work with it and using it to enhance my gifts in various ways. I've put some coffee beans on my altar. Um, I'm going to be making a TikTok video to show you various ways that you can use this coffee. Um, But they are a huge supporter of witchcraft and spirituality. And here they are sponsoring the podcast. So you can go to Lost Trail Coffee and get 10% off any of their coffees. Um, Your code is capital C-O-R-P-O-D. It is all caps C-O-R-P-O-D. Now my final announcement I talked about this a couple of months ago, but I have had an overwhelming amount of people asking me to teach a class. So what I've been doing behind the scenes is I actually started teaching a class. Um, I did it for Patreon members on the Shadow Queen tier first because those are my mentees, people that I was working with, and I really knew that I could construct a lesson plan with them and get genuine feedback on what was helpful. So that class is about to wrap up, and I am enrolling for the next round of Personalizing Your Craft Class 1. We're going to be going over building, closing, and personalizing a circle, learning different kinds of circles and their purposes, This class is really for um, anybody who's wanting to expand on their spirituality, whether you believe in God or you are a witch or whatever. It is all about educating in a way that includes you. Um, So for a circle example, you know, when a witch calls a circle, she may be calling deities and she may be calling elements and whatnot. And when somebody else of a different faith, like Christianity calls a circle, maybe they're calling God and they're calling angels at all corners. However that is, 
We are going to apply this to you and we're going to teach safe ways that you can do circles, opening them, closing them safely, and different ways that you can personally construct them. Recognizing, labeling, and researching intuitive gifts. You guys know that I'm not real big on naming your spiritual practice, but for the sake of researching and recognizing intuitive and spiritual gifts, we're going to label them in this class. Individualizing spell work with an additional focus on how to use magic and energy in a discreet way. You can call it being inside of the broom closet if you want to, but I know that there are a lot of people who listen to the podcast who are not able to be outright with the way that they want to express their spirituality. We're going to be going over dream interpretation, all of the little things inside of the dream that um, you can pick out that play a big part in what that message of your dream is different ways to interpret dreams protection magic various types and how to choose what is best for you and then basics in astrology terminology this class is going to be six weeks long and i am limiting it to 10 students so if you guys are interested um, i had already had it up on patreon first so some people have already joined the class so if you are interested please reach out to me on Instagram at Gemini underscore goddess 420 or reach out to me on Facebook. My Facebook name is Gemini Coven. I will give you all the details, answer any questions that you might have. Um, but I do recommend that you hop on it if you are interested in the class because um, I only have a few spots left after offering it on Patreon. The class will be done via Zoom, but I will be recording it for those who maybe can't attend class. So it will be a weekday um, afternoon class, but if you are not able to physically attend, I will record it and send it out. So don't let that hold you back or stop you. If you would like to watch today's episode or previous episodes as well, you can go to patreon.com slash coven of rejects. There is all kinds of additional content that I put on there as well as merch discounts and so much else. If you don't know about our merch, please go to covenofrejects.com. We have beanies and hoodies and blankets and shirts and candles and just so many things. Without further ado, here is Nathan. Hi, Nathan. Hi, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Fantastic. Do you have like a nickname or do you want me to call you Nathan? Everybody, I have a whole bunch of different names. People call me Nate, Nathan, Nathaniel, whatever you want to call me. We'll just go with it. I'm probably going to call you Nate. That's, I wanted to call you Nate opening up because I just feel like it feels so formal if we go by your full name. I know. I agree. <laughs> I'm really excited to have you on. So when um, I was first told to go and watch your videos, I went and I was like, he's like 12 years old. Like what, what? And because all I had seen was your videos. And then I saw you live. And your energy when you're reading people, I just love watching people channel because it's so cool to see you just like disassociate. And I can see your whole personality change when you start channeling. 
And I was so drawn into that energy. And then I reached out to you and asked you if you were 12 <laughs> and you're like, no, I'm 17. <laughs> yes. Yes. So that's like, th those are my British genes. So my whole, my dad's whole side of the family were all from England. Everybody's English. My great grandmother came over from England back in the day. And everybody always tells me, they're like, oh my God, you're like 12 years old. And I'm like, if you only knew how old I was, and I'm like, well, at least I know when I'm like 80 years old, I'll look like I'm 25. So but thank you. I've never had like, um, you know, I've had Noelle come into my life and I love when she's there because, you know, she's there to support me and she's, she helps mod everybody, which is a great help. Um, sorry, I have to cough. <coughs> um, but I've never really noticed how much I change when I'm channeling. So that's very appreciated coming from somebody else that was looking at my lives. And thank you for allowing me to come on here today. It's an amazing opportunity and a great experience. Oh, you're welcome. Um, I really liked your website and the way that it talked about who you are. And it also, I believe that there was a reference to this being something that's been kind of generational for you. Um, and I know that like lucky you, you have a really supportive family. And because I asked you that before you came on. Um, and so I would love to know what you first noticed with having a gift, like how you knew that you had a gift. And I'd love to know like the reaction of the people around you in your life. Okay. So <clears throat> the first time that I ever really, so yes, it is a generational thing. So I'll start there. It is generational thing. Um, and I didn't really start noticing my gift until I was about, I want to say I didn't start really opening up until I was about eight. And I think the, the first time I ever really had a big spiritual um, vision with spirit and seeing spirit was, it's going to sound really basic, but I'm going to tell you anyway, um, me and my family were actually sitting down and we were watching TV. And we, we were planning a trip to go over to Put-in-Bay. It's an island that was, um, it's like 30 minutes out from where I live now because we used to live, we used to live in Northwood and we were planning a trip over to Put-in-Bay. It was me and my best friend that were going with her parents. And we were rather young at the time. So we were about eight years old. And um, I was really close with my great grandmother that, was here. I'd always go see her every Friday with my grandfather. Um, and the first experience that I ever had was when me and my best friend were in Putin Bay. And I, I got this, like, um, this like shaky feeling and this, like everything went quiet. My cheeks started to blush out red. And I just like this, like emptiness came right over me. And, you know, at the time I'm eight years old, I, I don't, I don't know what that is. I don't know what it means. What, what the hell am I feeling? I'm just like, oh, eight year old, eight year, I'm eight years old with whatever. Let's continue on with our day. So after that weekend, I came back home and my dad, my, my parents are separated. So I went over to my dad's and uh, my birthday's June 25th. So it was about June 20th at the time, or no, I'm sorry, June 23rd at the time. Um, Cause I came back the day after she passed. So when I came back, um, I was talking with my dad and he was having me put on these like formal clothes, seeing if these clothes fit me. And I'm like, 
what am I trying these on for? Why aren't you telling me anything? And I remember, I remember this to this day. This was back, um, we were sitting in a Kmart parking lot. Yeah, we were sitting in a Kmart parking lot. And he told me, he was like Grandma Duke, which was her, her name. Her name was Lily. Um, he was like, Grandma Duke passed away. And I remember thinking, I'm like, what are you talking about? No, she didn't. And before he went inside the store, you know, I was blowing my eyes out. And before he went in the store, he was like, you got to stop crying. Like, how, how do you, how do you tell me something like this before about to go inside of a store and you expect me to stop crying? And it's, I don't, it's such a surreal, it was a surreal moment because, you know, I'm that young and I, I didn't expect this to happen. I just thought, you know, it was a whatever feeling and come back and find out. And I'm like, wow. And I think that's really one of the first moments in time that I had that type of experience with spirit or having that feeling with spirit. Wow. I love that. So you were able to correlate that. Okay. So she passed away. This happened yesterday. This is the feeling that I got. So is that something that you would start having that kind of like empty feeling when, um, spirit was like communicating with you or when you started to channel? Yes. So I remember, lay, I remember laying in my bed and every time this, when I was younger, I used, when I used, when I was channeling, I, I didn't realize I was channeling at the time, you know, it was just, you know, spirit coming to me and they were talking to me. And I'm like, what the hell are these voices in my head? What the hell are they trying to tell me? And I remember um, coming upstairs to bed one night when I was rather young and we, we just got done watching this movie. I'm not sure if you ever watched it, but it was The Conjuring. We just got done watching that movie. And I was petrified the whole night, petrified <laughs> the whole night, laying in bed. I left my door open. And whenever I would feel spirit or you know, I would feel a presence of something or somebody with me, my stomach would turn and I, my face would go flush red. And the time, you know, my parents didn't know what I was seeing because it's not normal for a kid to see that or for parents to know that a kid sees that, you know what I mean? And, you know, I, I remember seeing the way that my room was set up. It was my bed against the wall and my door was kind of diagonal from me. And I, I remember seeing the shadow figure standing outside of my bedroom door. And, you know, any person would be like, oh, it's just a kid. Just watch a scary movie. He's petrified. No, this was real shit. This was something that I saw that, you know, people wouldn't understand. And it's a lot of people that, you know, I've tried to tell. I have, I have a stepdad right now. And during my, when I'm doing my business, he doesn't believe in mediumship. And I'm like, well, there, I, I love when people come in to me and want readings. They come in as skeptics because I can change their mindset from that, or I can give them a little bit of, you know, like, Hey, this, this is real. You just got to give it a chance, you know? Yeah. And I find that interesting too, because like my husband, I just found out recently doesn't believe that there is like afterlife, but he believes in ghosts. And so it brought up this like whole conversation. Um, but you know, those are still people that are close to us, right. That like, they don't necessarily believe that and they don't understand because they haven't had those experiences, but they respect that like, okay, but you 
you do your things. So I like that you still have that support with your stepdad. Um, and then when you were talking about the dark shadows, so when my, when I first became like actually a, like aware of things that were coming around, I had dark shadows as well. And it would be when I was in my room and it would be like at night and I could tell that it wasn't like the darkness of the room and I would sleep with my door open. And I always used to tell my parents their house is haunted and I go there now and I have no, no problems with anything, but when I was younger and I also um, feel like when, um, when you're younger and you're trying, or maybe you're not even younger, but you haven't developed this gift of mediumship and you can't control who and when things are coming through. I think that we also become a vessel for more like negative or misunderstood energies to come and communicate. Whereas now we might not experience that the same because we understand our gift and we understand cleansing our space and, and, you know, keeping our vibration high and things like that. Oh yeah, 100%. And you know, when I first, I first started doing my mediumship and I first started doing these readings and I, I was mentored by Missy Tolley. I'm not sure if you know who she is, um, but she owns um, a, a store. It's called the Sage Shack down in, oh, I can't remember, some part of Ohio. But um, when she was my mentor during my whole mediumship because I grew up, my childhood home when I used to live in Northwood, in Northwood, Ohio, um, I grew up after, you know, seeing those shadows later on growing up inside of that house, there were things that started going on inside the house after I started recognizing and seeing what was going on inside that house. And I remember one day my sister and I and her best friend, we were all sitting out in the living room and the way that our living room was set up was our couch our, our couch and our chair. And then we had a, a brick mantle uh, above our fireplace. And I was staring at my grandpa's, my great grandfather's picture up on that mantle. And I even said out loud to them, I'm like, wouldn't it be crazy if that picture just fell off that mantle? And within 20 seconds of me saying that, that picture flew from that mantle all the way into the middle of the kitchen. Okay, Matilda. <laughs> I know. And I remember thinking, I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, I didn't expect that to actually happen. And my, and my mom walks in sooner right after that happened. She's like, what was that? I'm like, your grandfather's picture just flew across the kitchen, ma. And she's like, oh, I'm sure it was just a gust of wind or whatever. I'm like, mom, you can believe what you want. But now she's very supportive of what I do. But at that time, I, I don't think she wanted to freak anybody out. She just wanted to be like, oh, it was just a gust of wind, whatever, whatever. And that was another one of like a gust of wind indoors. <laughs> yeah, a gust of wind through a through a wall of bricks, right? Um, and I that was like one of the first times that I experienced something moving inside of the house physically. And um, my sister used to tell me these stories that she would experience when she was younger in her room, and she had the second biggest room inside of our house. And it was because one night I was laying down to go to bed and I'm not sure if this was a dream or if this was real. It felt real. I knew I, I, knew I was awake for this, um, but my bed started shaking very violently, started shaking very violently. And I remember I told my mom about this and she's like, oh, you were just dreaming. You're half asleep. You're fine. Nothing happened. So I went to my sister and I talked to her about it. My sister had that same experience to her inside of her bedroom when she was my age. 
And my, my brother, before they moved into that house, he had that experience inside of his own bedroom before that house. And I'm like, so is this something that like an initiation? <laughs> yeah. That gets passed down through the family. Like, is this your sign trying to tell me, yep, you're a medium. You're going to be talking to dead people for the rest of your life. But it, you know, my mom would always rule it out. She's like, oh, you guys were half asleep. But to happen to all three of us, I, I don't think it's a coincidence. I think that's definitely something trying to tell us something, trying to give us a sign. Um, but later on, we moved out of that house and we moved over into Oregon, Ohio. It was about maybe five minutes outside of Northwood. Um, and we moved into an apartment and, and that everything was fine inside of that apartment. Everything was, it was a nice apartment, had a balcony on the outside. And there was a, the way that our apartments was set up is there was one section on one side, another section on another, and there was a firewall in between them. And I remember pulling in one day with my mom. We, we came back from, um, I believe the pets. Yeah, we came back from the pet store. I had, I had to get my hamster some food. So, you know, um, and we saw, we saw a cop in a fire truck coming down, down our road. And we're like, well, not for us. Nothing ever happens to us. And on the other side of the apartments was a huge, the, the, whole, the whole building was engulfed in flames. Somebody had a um, grill on their balcony. I was supposed to have a grill on your balcony. And it, the, whole, the whole left side of that building just engulfed in flames. And, you know, I ran inside. I'm trying to get my cats out. And I had firefighters coming in trying to get me out of there. I'm like, I'm not leaving without my fucking cats. Sorry, but it's not going to happen. So they ended up leaving that back door open. I wasn't able to get my cats. And I'm like, they're going to run out that back door and I'm never going to see them again. Luckily, they hid underneath those beds. But fast forwarding from um, that fire is when we had some paranormal things starting to happen inside of the apartment building. And we lived there, I want to say, for about two years. And everything was fine until up to that fire. And um, I remember one night, my mom and I were sitting out on the balcony. And we were, we were heading to bed and she went to go open up her bedroom door and her bedroom door was, it was like somebody was pushing on her bedroom door shut. And she, like, she, you couldn't move the handle. So the door wasn't locked. You could push the handle down and she couldn't get in the door. So, you know, she waits about trying to pry that door open. She finally gets it open. There's nothing in the doorway. There's nothing holding that door shut. And we're like, okay. Maybe it was just a coincidence, something, you know? It was never, it's never a coincidence, but continue. <laughs> yeah, never a coincidence. I agree with you, never a coincidence. Um, but fast forward from that, there were some things that started going on. We had, we have these movie cases that we put all of our DVDs and movies in and stuff. And that was another thing that started happening. They started falling on their own. And, you know, they're 15, 20 pounds falling on their own and they're, you know, yay high. Right. And we start, we start getting real freaked out because things are, those bookshelves are falling. And you know, at that time I, I am seeing these things. I, I don't know what you want me to do, you know? And, um, enough is enough. We had, there was things going on. So we called Greg and Kathy. They work over at the Ohio state reformatory. Um, they're called Tri-C Ghost Hunters. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of them or not. No. Yes, they're awesome. They, they are, I believe they're like supervisors of that, you know, that 
haunted jail in Ohio. Yeah. Um, so they, they ran an investigation on the house and Kathy, before she, when she came in, she was like, yeah, when we first came here, I saw a man with, um, peppered hair standing outside your balcony. And we're like, okay. And then she, she comes up to me and she goes, do you have, is there, there's a woman here with you that wore floral nightgowns and she has white hair and she's showing me that she's from a different country. And I'm like, well, that, that would be my great grandmother. That, that was my, that was Lily, my great grandmother that passed away when I was over in Putin Bay. And that was the first time I ever heard from her. And that, that was, that made me teary eyed and made me rethink a whole bunch of things. I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, this is a capability that I have. I, I can do this too. Cause she talked to me after the fact and she was like, yeah, you, you definitely have the gift. You just got to find the right person to help you and mentor you through that. And that's when I met Missy and she mentored us through that or mentored me through that. But when Greg and Kathy were inside the house, they kept talking about that uh, salt and peppered haired man. And it was my great grandfather. So my mother's grandfather, that was the man that was there. And my great grandfather used to have this um, saying, it was, a, it, was a, it was a prayer that he would say. And Kathy asked us about the prayer coincidentally. And that day she goes, I found this on the ground and it was the prayer that he said. And she pulled it out of her purse and she gave it to us. And I'm like, how, how crazy is this? And that's when everything first started clicking into place. And I'm like, that, that was just the beginning of the milestone that I would be taking in order to be where I am today. I love it. I love all of this. I, I really like that when you are told, Hey, you should like reach out, find mentor, whatever, find somebody who can help you with this, that not only did you seek that out, but that you had the support from your parents to get you time with that person. What did your mentorship program look like? So Missy would, she, she does a thing it's called, um, soul school. So she, she runs a company and she also runs a business and, um, her business, her physical business is the Sage Shack. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but her, her business is called soul school and that's her way of helping other spiritual people like myself and, you know, like you, and she helps to show you how to work with those abilities, how to expand those abilities. And she even works on you one, she even works with you one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and her soul school is a Facebook group. Um, and I remember the first time I ever got a phone call from her. I know this is going to be pretty crazy, but I, I was so excited to start. I was so excited, so excited. And she only had my phone number. So she gets on the phone and the whole time she thought that she was talking to my mom, but she was talking to me because she was like, so what's his social security number? Or it was either social security or it was, um, what was the time of his birth? And I'm like, oh shit, I'm not my mom. And I'm like, oh, this is Nathan. Um, and she goes, oh, hi, hi, hi. Um, and, and, you know, we got to talking about what she has to offer and she does, um, right on the phone with you when she gives you that initial call. She does this type of meditation with you to see how, where your abilities are at that moment. And you know what we did, we, we, we both closed our eyes and we envisioned that there was a rope connecting our belly buttons. 
And she goes, I have this very special part of my house that not a lot of houses have that I would like you to try and figure out what it is. She goes, you can describe my house on the way there. So I described her whole house. And this was the first time I ever tried to do such a thing. And so I described her whole house. And once we got downstairs, I didn't know what I was looking at. I'm like, Missy, I don't know what this is. It was like, like the, it was like this chamber thing that led underground. And I, if I remember correctly, she was talking about um, them being, it was like a part of um, like the mines that guys would mine down into back in the day. Um, it was like- She mining. has the seven dwarves. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And, you know, I didn't know what that was at the time. So I'm like, Missy, I, I, don't, I don't know what else to tell you, but I described your whole house. Are you proud of me? And she's like, I'm so proud. Um, and then soon enough, she admitted me into her soul school. And her soul school is usually, I believe her soul school is like $300. And at that time, you know, I was new. So she, she was kind enough. She didn't make me do any type of admission because she wanted to see how I liked it at, at first. And she would send me private um, lessons as well because I was newer. So, you know, the course that she was in at that moment was in the middle of her soul school. And she would send me private lessons as well with, she would do these Google PowerPoints on Google slides and, you know, give us meditations, guided meditations, tell us what these signs and symbols are. That's what I work with. I work with signs and symbols. Um, and I also work with spirit directly. And it's the craziest thing because the first time that I, um, she had me do a reading for her. I believe it was for her, um, her aunt that passed away. And that was the first time I ever smelled anything for a reading. And I smelled these roses and all these, you know, like fruity scents. And I told her about it. She's like, yeah, she, she always had roses out on her table. She had a lot of floral bedding and things around her house. And it's the first time I ever, you know, smelled anything for a reading so it was a pretty cool experience to have because I don't I'm not usually I know there's a word for it clear something with your nose for smelling but um I don't I don't really smell things that often with readings which I'm glad because you know it can be a pro it can be a con at times um but I know the other day I had um a reading where I was smelling, I think it was uh, petunias. And I asked about that and their, I forget who it was, but their, their, their family member, their loved one planted petunias inside their garden every year. What I love is that when things come up like that, where you're like, I smell petunias, that's the most random thing. Like you would never associate this random smell with petunias. And so that's an example for me of like, when you are so connected inside of your reading that not only can you smell it, but you can tell specifically what that is so that that correlates with your client and um, like sharpening that gift and being able to do that. I find takes some people a lot of time. So the fact that you do that super young, I think is really unique about you. And I can see though that that's why your gift is like so advanced. I feel like for the age that you have is that your family was open 
to you. And by the way, you're one of the first people that I've ever talked to that has just like a super supportive family that was like, this is your gift. We're going to go and we're going to, you know, you're going to mentor, you're going to do whatever. Like, sounds great. Oh, girl, girl, I have some stories for you. You know, when we, when we lived in Oregon, I know my mom's going to listen to this podcast. So I'm only going to say a few things. When we lived in Oregon, it, it, it was pretty hard. It was hard, you know? Um, there were some moments where, you know, I would do things for myself. I would do things on my own when there was nobody around because it was just my mother and I. And, you know, when she wasn't there, I would be the one to make sure that I got up in the morning. I made sure I was eating. I made sure that um, everything was in place. I would, I would go to the store. I would, I would we, we lived catty quarter to a, to a Kroger. And um, I would walk to the store and make sure that we have groceries uh, because at those points in time, sometimes my mother was not around. And that was, it was both a, it was a big drastic change for us moving to Oregon. Um, so I think we were both kind of starstruck by the big change and we both kind of went off in our own directions. And, you know, she was there. She was there for me when I really, really needed her. But I feel like at the, some, the little moments that I really needed her for, she wasn't. Um, love you, mom. Don't you worry. I'm not dogging on you or anything, but I'm just saying what I feel. Um, but it, it definitely wasn't easy. It took me a while to get into Missy's program because of the delay with my mother and with I. Um, and it, it, it took a while to try and, or to get her to message Missy, to reach out to Missy. And during those times is, you know, middle school. <laughs> middle school, you know, people are dicks. Middle school is not a good, good era for a lot of kids. And I feel like that's a lot of people are going through changes during that time. And I remember when I would get myself ready for school, because my mom would get up at 3.30 in the morning and head to work. When I would get myself ready for school, you know, I was so, it was so, so depressing at the time that all I would wear is sweatpants and sweatshirts. And that's not a bad thing at all. But it, it, it got so consistent to where I felt horrible about myself because I just felt so lazy. I had no motivation to do anything. And I feel like that's, that's why I am the way that I am today. Because I, I wear sweatpants at night. I don't really wear sweatpants during the day or sweatshirts. I, it brings back too many memories from that period in my life that I don't really like to remember because, like I said, that, that's what I would literally wear to school all the time. And, you know, a lot of kids are mean about that kind of stuff because, you know, it was like the same clothes that you would wear, like repeating an outfit every week, every, two times a week, three times a week. And now that's, now I, I, I barely wear sweatpants. I always wear, I always wear jeans or I wear, um, you know, jeans or another type of pants. You know what I mean? And I'm obsessed with loafers now. Loafers, you know, that's all I wear. I wear loafers and I, and I'll wear Converse. Those are the shoes that I wear. And I, and I just, I just went back to that place that we lived in about two weeks ago and all of the pain that I've had from that place, I sat out in front of and I was sitting next to a tree because there's a tree right next to the apartment. 
And I silently closed that chapter in my book in order to move on from what the hell went on there. Um, but I, I, I finally closed that chapter in my book to be able to move on from what all happened inside of that place. And in order to continue and move forward in my life that I'm living today. And this is where you had lived as a kid where you had had all of these like experiences and everything, right? That would be my childhood home in Northwood. I had those experiences. Um, but in Oregon, the place that I was just talking about, I had experiences there as well, yes. And Oregon, I just want to make sure I'm getting your timeline right. Is Oregon where you guys went after the fire? So <clears throat> Oregon is the place where the fire happened. So previously, my childhood home, we lived in Northwood. So my whole childhood, we lived in Northwood. And oh, then... Yeah. We um, moved to Oregon, excuse me, and Oregon is where the fire happened. And then soon after that, we moved up here to Port Clinton, Ohio. Um, and it's, it's been like a fever dream out here. There at nighttime, you can see the stars. It's like, it's like a hologram. There's so many stars out here. That's beautiful. Um, one downside though, the mosquitoes eat you alive. You walk outside for five seconds, you're done for, you better get back inside. You know what, where I'm at in Idaho, it's like that because um, the subdivision that we're in, by the way, I've never lived in a subdivision before. And when we first moved in, I was like, oh, fancy. And now I'm here and we call it Murder Lakes because um, the first, I'm not going to say the subdivision I live in, but there's a M word, lakes. And then, um, this our neighbor got scalped and there was a dead body found in the river by our house and anyways so oh my goodness uh, it's like a whole thing uh off track but the mosquitoes here are wild because we have the river and it seems like where they laid these houses it was on like old farmland right so you have to think of like hundreds of how many millions of years of like cow shit and whatever else mm -hmm. and so flies in the summertime are wild because they put all of these houses on top of old farmlands. Oh yeah. So I mean, I would trade this for like seeing stars. So where you're at, I could vibe with it. Oh yeah. It's awesome. But you know, there's like, um, we, we live out by the water. So Lake Erie is a big part of Ohio. Um, we live out on the water and that's where most of the mosquitoes, you know, stay in. And during the summer, um, I go, I go out to my godparents and they have a huge, their yard is huge. They have a pond in the middle of it. You step out there for five seconds. I'm telling you, I step out there for five seconds. You're done for, you're over, get inside, start aloeing up because you're not going to recover from it. Um, there's, a, there's lots of wildlife out here in Port Clinton, which I love because it helps with grounding myself. Um, you know, trees, I have a whole bunch of trees in my backyard. And once in a while for anybody that's listening, go ground yourself, go hug a tree. Hugging a tree is the best way to ground yourself in my opinion, or even just going out on walks with nature or going on walks with my dog through this. Um, it, it, it helps to clear your mind and it helps to ground yourself and really connect on a spiritual level than what you would inside of your home. If you're feeling, you know, mind boggled or stressed out. I was watching this video on TikTok. There was a lady who braided her hair into strands of a tree. It wasn't a weeping willow, but it had similar like 
um, leaves that were like thin. And so she um, braided her hair into the tree and she was like, "This I do this every morning when I do my meditation because it makes me feel like we are one, I'm connected. And so she uses the way that the um, leaves would go up was like she was clearing her crown. And so then she would be grounded in earth, but she would be clearing her crown with this tree. And I just thought, you know, when you think of like the roots that you're standing on and everything being just like this cycle, um, I thought that was really beautiful. And now I'm like, okay, I've got to braid my hair into a tree and like have a moment. Oh yeah. There's, (laughs) there's, there's a whole bunch of different ways to ground yourself. And, um, I remember, excuse me, (coughs) a whole bunch of different ways to ground yourself. And I, I truly believe, you know, I'm a swimmer. I love to swim. I love being out in the water. I truly believe that being out, you know, in the lake or even just swimming inside of a pool that helps ground me, that gives me a peace of mind. And that allows me to clear my head because there's nobody there. I have no distractions from anybody. So during the summer swimming and, you know, like relaxing out there is definitely because you're out there in nature. So it's definitely the best way to ground yourself during the summer as well. and you know, some people think I'm weird. I know my neighbors across the street probably think I'm crazy because they see me go outside and hug a tree and they're probably like, has this person lost their mind? What the hell are they doing? I just imagine this old couple and this old man being like, he's out there hugging the damn trees in. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And they, they are, they're an older couple. And I'm just like, well, you, you wouldn't get it. <laughs> you wouldn't get it. Meditation things. And, um, you know, I, ha- I do have people in my life that, you know, I have friends at school that, you know, they're, they're very supportive of what I do, very supportive. And I'm, I'm very thankful for that because I know a lot of people are very skeptical about this type of thing. Um, but I know I have some people that come up to me and they're like, well, uh, they'll ask me, they're like, so are you, are you actually doing this? Are, are you an actual medium or are you just doing this for money? I'm like, well, nobody. Uh, <laughs> It's not the money. (laughs) It's not the money. It's about giving my clients the closure and the clarity that they deserve on their loved ones or on this chapter of their lives that they want to close. And I remember when I first started out doing my businesses, I I started out very small, very small. And I used to do them for free. I would have people come in and I, and I would do them for free. I would do probably as many people as I could a day on TikTok. And I would do it multiple times a day for free with people and everybody was so satisfied with it. Not to toot my own horn, um, but during that course of time and like, well, I, I need to get a job. I need, I need to start working. I need to make money. And I started working over at a hotel and I, w- I was a maid. I, I, w- I would clean rooms and their management was horrible. Horrible management, very disorganized. But I'm like, you know what? what if I start doing these readings, you know, I I don't want to be so overcharged with them, but I'm like, what if I, what if I do these readings for $10, $10 a person? That's not bad. And I remember the first time I did the $10 a person, I did them on live. And I also had bookings all the way up until June of that year. And I'm like, oh my God, this, this is crazy. And I'm like, this is really taken off, but I'm like $10 a person that that can work. And, you know, I had other people that were coming to me and they were talking to me about this. And they're like, how much do you charge? I'm like $10 a person. And they're like, oh, you should charge more, charge more. And like, it's, it's not about the money. It's about giving them that clarity and closure. 
And when I decided to start doing it full time is when I came across Noelle's live and Noelle just drew me in her energy, her sarcasm. She's such a tough woman, which I love because she's so blunt. She, she has no filter, love everything about her. So, and I saw that, you know, she was doing um, $40 a booking, 11 people a night. And I'm like, okay, that, that, that's really organized. Let's try this. Let's, let's see how this goes. Let's, and eventually Noelle and I um, ended up becoming mutuals on TikTok. And when I tell you, I shit my pants when she followed me back. Cause I'm like, holy shit. She was like my idol at the time. I'm like, if Noelle followed me back, I could die a happy person. I, I, I would retire. I'd be so happy. And I remember laying in bed one night <laughs> and she followed me back and I'm like, holy shit. And, you know, we got to talking and we were talking about our mediumship and she was giving me tips and pointers on how to do and what to do with mediumship and how she does her mediumship. And that's when I, that was a few months after I started doing the $40 bookings and it, it took off. It took off and I wasn't even prepared for how many people were coming in and what to even look for. And I remember I, I was astonished. I was talking to my mom. She was astonished. And my grandparents, they were like, you're going to have to get a job. You're, you, you can't do this. You can't do this. You don't make enough money. And, you know, I was talking to them about it. I told them about how I changed the prices and I, I I'm doing this full time. I'm putting my money into this. This is what we're doing. And it's been so successful ever, knock on wood, ever since. Um, and this is what I stuck to. I think too, the, the people that go out there authentically to share their gift and to, to use that to help other people and who are like, yeah, I'm going to charge money. Like that's an energy exchange. And like your prices do increase because more people start to know about you and seeing your gifts. And then you're like, oh, well, shit, in order for me to have the time to actually be able to do this for all the people that need me, I need to like increase those prices. And so I just want to like say that because I feel like for you, as this does become more of like, like your business and what you do, you're going to raise your prices more than $40 and you're going to have your readings like on your website and maybe TikTok won't be a thing. And like, so for you, I want you to just like, always keep in mind that it does end up becoming quote unquote, your business and you charging for your energy and whatever, and increasing that as like the demand for you increases. I don't want you to feel guilty about that because I spent a very long time feeling guilty about like charging for services or whatever. But at the same time, you're going to find yourself giving so much free advice, so much free guidance for people. When people are in pain, there are going to be people that you really connect with and you give them free service and you use your time for that. And there is going to be a balance for you. And if people need just like a free word, they can go to your social medias and they can see that, but your one-on-one -on -one time is valuable. So just keep that conversation in mind as you evolve and do more. Oh yes. Yes. And thank you for that. Because, you know, when I first started and I, and I started, you know, going up in prices and I, I, I did, I felt guilty for it because I, I would have people that would come in and say, well, if, if you're, 
if you're authentic and, and you're, you're this, this, and this, you should be sharing it for free. And I'm like, well, this is something I'm doing full time. And if I'm doing this full time, I, I still have to, you know, have a living from it as well. I still have to, this is my job. And I remember, um, singers don't sing for free. Football players don't play football for free. Your favorite sandwich maker doesn't give you free sandwiches. They open up a sandwich shop and then you go and support them. Everybody that has a gift in this world and is good at something finds a way, unfortunately, for humans to live. They have to make money. And, you know, you're going to get the, the same thing of like, oh, well, it should be free. And then you're also supposed to just do it for every single person that comes across your inbox and not have any kind of boundary. I absolutely not. Oh yeah. But hundred percent. I always, you know, I have people that, um, I have people that direct message me for those bookings and a lot of people get real pissed off when I don't answer their messages with a snap of my finger. And I'm like, well, I, I'm, I'm busy putting bookings inside of my calendar. I'm busy with other clientele, busy with bookings. When I have a minute to sit down and go through all of the messages that I have, I will reply to you. But if you keep inboxing me and, you know, you start getting pissed off and you start, you know, being rude to me, I'm not going to inbox you. I'll block you from my social medias and you won't have to worry about it anymore. You can find somebody else. And I, there's a lot of mediums on TikTok that are there for the money. And I, I've come across that. There's a lot of, I'm, I'm sure you've seen them too on TikTok where there's, there's mediums on there, mediums, quote, that go on there and, you know, they're just there for the money or psychics that are just there for the money. Um, and it's, it's hard these days to find a genuine person that can do those services for you because I, I, I don't do my own readings. I don't do readings myself. That's how I was mentored. I, I don't give myself readings because if I give myself readings such as tarot, I'm only going to allow myself to see what I want to see, not what I need to see, not what I need to hear. It's going to be what I want to hear and what I want to see. I'm the same way. Um, very, I, I really don't pull cards from my, unless I'm like, how is this very specific situation? How is this going to play? Is it going to play out this way? No shit. I better change my path. Um, but aside from that, I will not, because there is no way that you're going to give yourself an objective reading. You're going to figure out how exactly that's going to play in for you. And yes. you know, I'm the same way. Yeah. I've, you know, I've tried in the past to give myself readings and I'm like, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. Nathan, you only want to see what you want to see and hear what you want to hear. And, you know, I have um, a best friend, her name's Maddie, and she lives right, right down the street from me, literally two houses down. And, you know, she always comes to me with her boy problems. And she's like, do a tarot card for me, please. Like, I need to see it what's says, going on with him. Kids. Leave him, run. Why are I we know. doing this again? It's been five times. <laughs> she's like, she's like, what about these two guys? Pull a card for me. Give me a reading and see, see what this is. I'm like, I'm like, Maddie. It's going to be the same results as last time. They're the same two people that you talked about last time. It's going to be the same thing. And I'm like, it's got, it's going to happen when it happens. She goes, well, pull a card and tell me when it happens. You can't know everything to the universe. Yeah. The things have to take you by surprise. You can't know everything. And if you're prepared for everything, what's the fun in life? You know, you got to be unprepared for things, prepare for the unexpected, expect the unexpected is the saying, I think. 
And, you know, if we're prepared for everything in life that's going to happen, you know, on these days, things, deaths that are supposed to happen. Yeah, it may help you with people's passings, but that's not mentally how you're supposed to heal or cope with things at all. I agree with you. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Um, what way do you identify yourself religiously? Are you Christian? So I am, I grew up um, Lutheran. Okay. So um, we don't go to church that often, but my great grandmother, Lily, that uh, passed away, she um, went to the same church for St. John's Lutheran Church over at Oregon, Ohio for about 60 years. And, you know, she grew up in that church. Um, she did the quilting club there. She did knitting, she did sewing, she did everything inside of that church. And she, she's still a, a memorable member there today. And we used to go with her every Sunday when I was little. And I, I loved it there because I was with my grandma, you know, I was with my great grandma who yeah. doesn't love being with their grandma. And, um, now that she has passed, we go every, um, every time for her birthday. So every time we go there, we go for her birthday, just for her memorial, um, and very well known. And I know every year the music director of that church, um, plays a song in her memory. And two years ago, he played the white cliffs of Dover and the white cliffs of Dover is the song that my great grandmother used to sing to my grandfather, her son. Um, cause his name is Jim and in the song, it says, uh, like Jim will go to sleep. Um, so they played that song. I had, had all my aunts and uncles and my grandparents crying. Um, but it, it was a good remembrance and I can feel her here right now. She's here with me. Um, but and I don't know why I asked you that question. I just overwhelmingly felt like I had to ask you about church. So that makes sense. <laughs> it's probably because she's here. I just felt her when, when I started talking about the church and her quilting. She's here now. I feel her. <laughs> I love it. Um, is there anything that you, oh, I heard a rumor and I wanted to know if this was true. Are you related to Judy Garland, the actress? I am. You I are? Am. Okay. Yes. And that's through, it's, it's kind of a complicated story. So I was sitting down, at, I was sitting down with my grandpa one day and or I was sitting down watching a movie and my grandpa comes walking through and he goes, uh, I was watching, I think I was, wa I was watching The Wizard of Oz or I was watching that Judy movie that was in memorial for Judy Garland. Yes, I love that movie. I was talking I about it isn't today. It, isn't it awesome? It was amazing. And he looks at me and he goes, you know, we're related to her, right? And I'm like, quit fucking around, go outside, go, go do what you're going to do. And he goes, no, actually. And he pulls out our family book. He has this family book about the Duke Shires and he pulls out this book and right there, her name. And it shows the gum sisters and the way that we're related to them. It was intertwined with my great grandmother, Lily. And I'm not sure the whole, I'll have to send you a picture of that page of the family book. That way you can read it for yourself. Um, but you know, I thought he was messing around. I'm like this, this American idol, this, this woman that is you know, one of the most famous people, old actresses out there, you're going to tell me I'm related to her. And then, you know, he pulls out the evidence for it. And I'm like, okay, what, what kind of joke is this, Jim? Because and, it's a picture yeah. in your family album of her and Toto. I know. <laughs> <laughs> 
and we're, we're also, I'm not sure if you're probably not well known with this woman, but um, there is, if you have a computer or, or a device in front of you. I literally right have now, my tablet and I'm on Google. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, here you go. So look up the life of Mary White. So Mary I know White. The name. Do you? I know the name. Mary White is one of my great, 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 great aunts. And it's believed they, they made it into a movie. I haven't watched it. <clears throat> but my grandpa always talked about her. She's also in our family book, Mary White. And the way that she passed away was, you know, she was riding a horse one day. And it's, it's super ironic, Gemini, because when I moved out to Port Clinton, I started riding horses with my godmother. She owns horses. <laughs> and the way that Mary White passed away was through um, a horse accident. She was riding her horse down somewhere and she hit her head on a branch, a, a, like a thick branch, and she got a concussion and she, I believe she passed away right there. Um, but the way that, they, that she's related to us is through the Mayflower. She married, I believe his name was mm -hmm. something, Tushaher. And Tushaher is the previously spelled name for Dukeshire. And I'm like, how do you get Dukeshire from Tushaher? You know what I mean? Like, how, how, do you, how do you depict that? And Mary White married him. So they were the first original Dukeshires of our family. And then our family started to evolve from then. But I'm, I'm still in disbelief to this day. I'm like, how do you get Tushaher to Dukeshire? There's multiple things for Mary White. So I'm looking, um, this is about a, this inspired by a true story from the 17th yep. century. Is that it? Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to have to look at that. Also, when my family came here, um, I think they came here on my mom's side. It was from Germany. Um, so my maiden name was changed also when they got here because they didn't know how to pronounce the last name. And so I think that originally it was like Kanitsky or something like that. And then it got changed to Kanechi. Yeah, it's crazy how, how, how they can change. And, you know, even to go off that far from each other, you know, Tusha here, I looked it up. It's, it's a German origin, um, but our whole family's from England. And I'm just like, this is weird. This is weird. I'm like German and England. And I know there's a lot of, you know, I was, I was reading up the other day on the Royal family and they're, they're, they're originally German. Like their whole family is like originally German and it evolved into English. And I'm like, well, maybe that's what happened to our family. we started off German and, you know, evolved <laughs> into English. Our family started migrating to England. And I, I took a trip to England, um, with my, with my whole family, my grandpa and my aunts and uncles and my cousins to spread my great grandmother's ashes out there. Um, so back to where she was from, she was in World War II. She was a part of World War II and um, she, wanted her, she wanted her ashes spread out in this field. And there's a whole bunch of cows out in the field and it was gorgeous. The sun was shining and we spread her ashes out there, right there where her parents were spread as well. Um, and we're going to keep it a tradition that when my grandfather passes away, that's what we're going to do with his ashes as well. Oh, that's, I love it. Keeping the tradition kind of there, keeping mm -hmm. them together. Yeah. 
Um, what is something that you would want people to take away from your episode to know about you that we didn't cover yet? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, can I do like a little saying kind of? Sort yeah, of? of course you can. Um, you know, a lot of people seem okay on the outside and, you know, on the inside, they could be fighting some demons that a lot of people aren't aware of. And I do want to say that words can't hurt. And, you know, you say certain things and tell people certain, certain stories about certain things. And some people don't have the mental capacity in order to, you know, process that type of thing or hear that type of thing, especially if it's something about them. You know, if somebody comes up to you and they're talking about how you're, you're acting this way that day, well, you don't, you don't know what I'm going through that day. You don't know what I'm, what's going through my head right now. You know, I'm trying my best, you know, some people are trying their best to stay alive that day. And there's this one certain word can totally defect their day and even their week or their month. And I just, I want to say a lot, a lot of people need to start taking people's mental out mentality into consideration because a lot of people, I feel like now these days aren't, aren't doing that. They're, they're just telling you how it is. And, you know, a lot of people don't have filter. I don't have a filter and I know you don't have a filter, which I love. Um, but you just, you got to be careful about certain things. And another thing that I want to mention is a lot of mediums and psychics and spiritual people that I've met, including myself come from a very deceiving sort of dark traumatic past mm -hmm. and traumatic shit that we went through. Um, and I want to say that even though we're, we're here today and everything may seem fine and, you know, we talk about what happened in our past, those things still come back and they still, they still haunt us to this day. And they, you know, I feel like running my business keeps my mind off of those things. There's a lot of things that, you know, I went through and I know a lot of other mediums went through that was very scarring for them and won't be able to heal and it'll help them or it'll haunt them for a while for the rest of their lives. And it's just, I feel like a lot of people see the mediums and they're like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, your life must be awesome. It must be amazing. And personally, I think every medium that I've ran into has had a traumatic background or a traumatic past leading them up to where they are today. And I, I, I want to say there's so many times that I've wanted to give up in my past and through the stuff that I went through and I didn't. And I'm so glad that I didn't because I, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be on this podcast with you. I wouldn't have met you, this awesome, amazing person that I'm talking to right now. Um, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have, you know, everybody coming to me. I wouldn't have clientele. I wouldn't have met a lot of people that I'm glad that I met. I think that that's beautiful. Um, I'm grateful that you are still here and that you, um, whatever it is that like got you through those moments, I'm grateful that you had those thought processes and that you were able to find support in some way so that you could keep being here. I think that that message is so important of, I'm probably going to do a TikTok after this and like, just talk about that message that you just said, because you really do not know somebody's day and how somebody feels on the inside. But also it's so easy to see like 
oh, they're chasing their, you know, their gifts or whatever, and they're passionate about it. And so people can see it as like idealistic or something. And for me, I've incorporated the fact that like, I'm always working on myself and overcoming like traumatic things in the past. Um, I've incorporated that into my business with the mentorship that I do. So that like one of the things that we really talk about a lot is shadow work and like working through those things. And I try to be super transparent. Like when I'm working on shadow work, I'll be like, dang, I realized that like being, having an aggressive initial response no longer works for me. And this is why I was doing that. And so these are the ways that like, I'm entering my soft girl era, like never get it twisted. I'll still burn your house down, but I'm going to be more gentle about it. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and so I think that the more that you are doing this for other people, and I see your path like evolving as well too. I don't think that you're always just going to have like clientele. I think that you're going to end up um, doing your own teachings and doing things your own way. And I think that the more that you're, you're doing that and you're teaching other people things, the more you'll have to incorporate stories from your past. And that's what I feel like with the podcast I've had to do, I've learned to like, go back and relive things I've been through so that I can resonate with other people. And you'll do that. You are, I know you already do, but you'll do that more in your readings and understanding feelings that your client has, because you went through this super traumatic thing. And so you can give advice for getting out of the dark space. And so all of those things that are super difficult for you, I'm excited to keep watching your journey and see how you like take these tools out of your box and like show other people what they can do. Thank you so much for those kind words. And, and I, I agree 100% with you. I, I try my best to connect with my clientele on, the, on a personal level um, and, you know, to try to feel how they're feeling and, you know, try to help them through what they're going through. Even though they're there to talk to a loved one that has passed away, I still like to help them and, you know, walk them through things and be there for them because I'm not only there to talk to the loved one. I'm there to talk to them and to, help, and to help them heal through that as well. And you know, a lot of mediums are always, they they have their clients and you know they talk to the loved one that has passed on it and that's it. I always, I always, I always welcome back my clients. I'm like, if you have any other comments, questions or concerns or you need to talk at any time, please feel free to direct message me. I'll be more than happy to answer anything for you or talk to you about anything. Um, I have a, a regular client. Her name is uh, Jen. I absolutely love her. She's awesome. She has a New York accent. And I was just talking, she wanted me to share this on my live the other night. And her and her husband are recently getting a divorce. Um, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that went on inside of there. But she, she recently went through um, her computer and she realized that she was still signed in on his email. And, you know, he's moved out or what, whatnot. And she found a deleted email for um, an $800 hotel room with a spa package. And she calls me up and she goes, she, you know, she's bawling her eyes out. And I'm like, okay, deep breaths, deep breaths. Just calm down, calm down. We're going to get through this. And she goes, you know what I'm going to do? Because they go, if you have cancellations 48 hours beforehand, you don't get a refund. And it was $800 hotel room. She goes, you know what I'm going to do, Nathan? I'm going to call that hotel. I'm going to give them the confirmation number and I'm going to cancel that hotel room the night before. 
it. <laughs> I'm like, you do you, Jen. You do you. You do you. Um, but you know, I'm just personally something I would do too, but I was just about to say, this is my level of petty. So I don't know if you're not happy with that choice, but I'd make the same one. Well, I don't oh, know yeah. if he was moved, unless he was like cheating on me or something, then I don't know if I, I wouldn't do it just because somebody was my ex, but if there mm -hmm. was like some fuckery and now you're taking, or if we're not fully divorced and now you're taking some hoe to, I call her a hoe, but she's probably a very nice lady. I'm canceling your hotel room and you're paying $800. Yeah. Oh, she, she's not even going to tell him about canceling that hotel room. She's going to let him show up that day with whoever the hoe is and find out that it's whoever the hoe is. I'm going to yes. need updates because now I'm invested in her life. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I, I need to actually text her and talk to her after, probably after our podcast recording, but um, probably need here. to let her know that you just, you just let us know. All I'll be like, of, I'll be we're like, all rooting for her. Yeah. I'll be like, Jennifer, everybody's rooting for you for canceling that hotel room everybody's on your side um there's one saying that i do i do want to say before we end our do podcast it. um and this is from judy garland actually i came across it a few years ago um always be a first-rate version of yourself rather than a second-rate version of somebody else so with that being said, always be your authentic self. Never change for anybody. Don't think that you have to change for somebody's approval because the only approval that you ever need is yours. And that's something that I've struggled with in my life as well, especially with my grandfather. Um, there are certain things that I would wear, you know, like <laughs> skinny jeans I would wear. And, you know, he, he wouldn't like that. And remember him always talking to me about, you know, uh, stand up to your mom, stand up to your dad about, you know, like arguing, you know, things. And this day that this particular day that he, he got me about what I was wearing, it, it really aggravated me. It, it made me angry. So, you know, like you always want me to stand up to my parents. I'm going to stand up to you this time. And, you know, I love my grandfather so much, love my grandfather all the way to the moon and back. But that day, it just aggravated me so much. And we got to this big argument and, you know, now he's learning not to make comments about what I wear because he knows I'm not going to change the way that I dress or act. And that's something that I want a lot of people to know is you don't need anybody's approval, but your own. And that's a firsthand encounter of what I experienced is when you stop giving zero shits about what anybody thinks, you're fine. As long as you're happy, you don't have to care about what anybody else thinks. Tell them to go fuck themselves if they have an opinion about what you do, the way you act, the way you dress. And it's, you only need your own approval. It's all projections and insecurities. So like if they're with you and you are dressed flamboyantly, you are drawing attention to them also. And they're not comfortable enough to stand in their power and be like, yeah, they're dressed like a flamingo. What do you want? You know, like. Um, and I agree with everything that you just said in that. And I love that. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, I am going to end the recording and give you final details. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You are so welcome.